Welcome back to yet another episode of <laughs> Coffee Christ. I have to say that with whispered essence. Yeah, it kind of gives you like chill bumps. I like. believe we're episode 18. <gasps> episode I think episode so. 18. Our, our podcast is officially an adult. 18. Right, right. <laughs> but I don't know when we're supposed to stop season one. I feel like we asked that question and no one responded. Well, Lonnie Jones, he has 50 episodes in his seasons. Really? Keeping up with the Jones' podcast, but hmm. we'll just see. We'll see. One day we'll just change over to season two. I mean, yeah. Cause like, surprise, season two, episode one, we're back. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, because like we tried to do all of Matthew in yeah. one season. That'd be a lot of episodes. Yeah, wouldn't. Because like we do two episodes per chapter sometimes, and I don't know about it. Well, it'll be a surprise. It's honestly small in the grand scheme of things. Yes, but management work. You don't. We all send that to my. Oh, we'll send that to our people, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll um, get back. They'll decide. Yes, right. So, but um, <laughs> our people are actually us. So uh, <laughs> it's just me, you know. But one day, one day we'll have people. That'd be so cool to say. Just be like, yeah, talk with my people. We'll have our people get in touch with your people. I've always wanted to say that and mean it. Like yeah. you hear it in movies. Yeah, and I'll be like, I'll say that sometimes to people, and then I'll go, I'll call you. Yeah, it's, it's actually just me. I don't have any people. It's just me. <laughs> I'm the people. I am the people. Exactly. So, but, but I don't know. One day we'll get through season one. Who knows? I don't know. Whenever we feel it. We could be like Grey's Anatomy and have uh-huh. 400 episodes. I like that. Speaking of, I'll just go ahead and get I, get into this. But I'm lost right now. Right. I don't have a show to watch. Mm. Like, I've not found another one. I finished yeah. Cobra Kai. Love Cobra Kai. I season two. I mean, three dropped on that. Yeah, I'm on season, season four is also out. That's what I just watched. Wow, I'm behind. I think. I think I'm behind. The last thing I remember was when the old sensei guy came back and, like, took over the dojo. And Johnny and the the other guy got together. That may be, I think you're... There's one more season now that's coming out. It's like, is that the end of season three? This, hang on. I'm Googling it with one hand released because I can't remember because I really like that show too of my mom did too it's awesome let's see what Google has to say about it uh four so I was, pro- so you're at the end of season three right I think so so season four is good it's really good I didn't know and they're releasing the next one, season five, next month. Oh my gosh, I'm and so behind. I think behind. it'll be the last one. I think season five will wrap it up. I'm so behind. But I finished it, and then I finished Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So now I'm just like, I watch YouTube TV live. Wow. And I just pick a You're show. You're so old. I, pick a, I watch America's Got Talent. That's a good show, by the way. True. Me and Tyler watched that last night. But... I've been watching Last Man Standing a lot, That's The Office show. a lot. Yes. But I mean, I just don't have a show like that I just like come home and like, oh, I've got to watch. Because for two and a half years, <laughs> 2.5 years, it's been Grey's Anatomy. That's true. So. You need to just scroll through Netflix. Just be like. I might. Just be like, well, that looks good. But I've never had to do that. So I'm just, I'm lost right now. It's different. I'm lost. It's, it's a new feeling. It's a new Dylan. feeling for me. It's a new Dylan. So. Dylan. Take all my medical knowledge and. Something else now, I guess. (laughs) I could do surgery on you, okay? Who wants to try? (laughs) Who would be willing? We'll turn this pot, this studio, into my um, OR. That stands for operating room. If you didn't know, know. so OR one, and then the bathroom would obviously be the uh, 
the scrap room. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Who is willing to so let funny. me try an X lap? And she'd be like, there I don't know. know what that means. Me either. I just hear, I don't know what it means either, <laughs> but to be very t- transparent with you, but I will try it. So. And a what again? Say it again. An X lap? It's like an X lap Ricoli, maybe? <laughs> Don't look at that. I feel it's like fine. you made that up. No, it's they say it on the show all the time. No, I feel like you made up the ex labricoli. No. That doesn't sound like a real word. Labricoli? Yeah. Okay, hang on. Let's just turn back to Google and see what that what X-Lap means. What does Who knew we were having X-Lap an educational podcast mean? over Exploratory surgery. Lab Labratomy. Labaratomy. Exploratory laboratory. So how would you it like... It sounds like you're pronouncing it like a pasta. Well, then read it, and tell me, read it and tell me how to say it. It sounds like you're pronouncing a pasta. Read it and tell me like how to ravioli. say it. Like ravioli. What the exploratory laboratory. I mean, I agree with you, but I just think the way you're saying it sounds like you're like... You're saying a pasta you made up. Oh, wow. Maybe I shouldn't do this on anybody. Can I read you a description of it? It says... An exploratory labratomy, also known as NX lap, is a type of major surgery that involves opening the abdomen with a large incision in order to visualize the entire abdominal cavity. Ooh, that sounds very, very painful. Why don't y'all keep your ab- <laughs> abdominal cavities to yourself and I won't bother them because... That sounds very serious. I won't do that. Maybe like we'll a, start small, like a, like like stitches? I could. No, so I don't do well with needles, um, so right. Like it doesn't bother me. I just the thought of giving somebody a shot mm-hmm. literally makes me sick to my stomach. I can handle it. Like getting shots does not bother me. Getting tattoos doesn't bother me. But give the thought of me having to insert a needle into somebody else. No, no. Could you do it? I mean, probably yeah. Really? Yeah. If you needed a shot one day. Don't call you. I mean, I would do it if it was life or death. But if it's not, like, if it's just like, stabs. if it's just like a vitamin or something that you need, and the doctor says find somebody to do it, you best ask somebody else. Maggie always does that. I, could, I just that gives mm. him like the B twelve, so like he just rolls up his sleeve, and we'll be like after we get done eating, she just goes. Yeah, I can't do that. I don't think I could do it. I can't watch myself get tattoos either. Yeah. Like I can't watch that happen. You got a tattoo. I did get a new tattoo. Look at you. A new sin mark. That's what I like to call them. No. But it's, no. it's actually very itchy right at this very moment. Are we going to talk about tattoos on here at some point? We can. I would, I would love that. We'll do that. We'll schedule that at some when point. When they get through Matthew, oh, season two. I mean, we're obviously going to continue through the New Testament, but we should have like a special five weeks of question like, and answers. I like that. Like, it, so they say, hey, what do you think tattoos are a sin? No. or That's my answer, but we can give more in-depth. I like that. We can do, like, common... Common well, questions of Christianity. Right. That's what we'll call Oh, my goodness. This is... Are we starting the season next week? I'm CCOC. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We're going to call it CCOC. Common questions of Christianity. All right. The CCOC season. Wow, that was a lot. That was I didn't really stutter. Fast. I didn't stutter not one time. I know. CCOC. <laughs> Speaking of stuttering, I have a medical condition that I've not told anybody about. I forgot to mention it. Yeah. I'm tongue tied. Oh yeah. Remember slightly. That. Slightly. Okay. Mildly Brad looked at your tongue and goes, 
A little tongue-tied. Mildly tongue-tied. So now we know why. Yeah, I don't make fun of him. Sometimes. Don't make fun of him. I have, a, I have a disorder. A disability, if you will. I'm actually going uh, to the courthouse to get a handicap sticker for my truck. <laughs> <laughs> so I can park up close now because I'm disabled. I can't talk. So <laughs> I thought about that today. I'm like, I'm going to go get a sticker. <laughs> that was a joke for insurance purposes. That was just a joke. That was a complete joke. But anyway. But I am tongue-tied. But... No, I don't mean to derail, okay? So I did get a new tattoo. That was a good thing last week. My mom didn't like it. Yeah. But it's really pretty. It's like the only tattoo I've ever had that has color. Mm-hmm. Um, Red, green. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, and it turns out that color hurts a lot when they add color to a tattoo. And uh, unfortunately, mine was close to my kneecap, which made it that much more painful. Yeah. That Tattoos have never, like... Honestly, after like 10 minutes, I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. This one hurt so bad. It also took a long time. Like, I don't, like, he told me, he did all the line work first and was like, do you want to take a break? I'm like, no, nah, just keep going. You know, if okay. I, if I, well, if you stop and then start again, it hurts. Yeah. So I'm like, no, just keep no. going. He's like, well, the shading hurts less than the line work. And I was like, well, it's not hurt yet. He started shading that thing. And all the color happens to be by my kneecap mm-hmm. as well. True. Oh, my goodness. It hurts so bad. But he did so good. It looks really good. Yeah, it does. But it's in the healing phase right now, so it does not look good right now. Really? It's like scabbing. Yeah. I can I sit there at night before I go to bed and I like peel it like a, like a sunburn. Ugh. Well, Shedding. top layer of your skin dies when you get a tattoo. Yeah. And Shedding. the ink becomes the top layer. I told, I told Ty... Last night and today that I was molting like a lizard. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <clears throat> the best news of all of the week, I'm going to say it. I won't say who. So Jackson got me an early Christmas gift, and I'm going to a concert mm-hmm. to see... Someone who's unnamed. One of my favorite singers in the world. Why she's my favorite, I don't, I can't tell you. She is a woman, and that's all I'm going to say. That's all it is. October 23rd, mm-hmm. we're going to Nashville. Bridgestone. I'm so excited. They're going to look it up now and be like, who's going to I don't care. I don't care. But I, that was, I'm just, it, I'm still on cloud nine. I'm speechless. Right. Literally speechless. It's going to be awesome. But I didn't think about it, like, at all. I never thought that you would ever even do that. I'm so excited. Yeah, I did. So excited. Oh, yeah. Heck Yeah. So we're going clubbing. Uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> I'm just kidding. basically, but he's gonna be yeah, showing his new tattoo off. You other know, than that, clubbing. work has been good this week. This has probably been the busiest that I have ever been, Agreed. which is good. I agree, but it's like very. I'm stressed. Yeah, but it's a good stress. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So anyway, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I'm preaching a wedding on Sunday, mm-hmm. so right. my favorite thing. This is my first wedding. But my favorite thing, well, second, actually, second wedding. But the first one was, like, super, like, low-key. Yeah. But my favorite thing to say, I did it in the first one, too. At the end. Dearly beloved. No, at the end, when you say, by the power vested in me, by the state of Tennessee, and God. Yeah. It is my great pleasure. (laughs) No, wait. When do I say that? That's after the kiss. Yeah, no, I say, by the power vested in me, by the state of Tennessee, and God. 
uh, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Yeah, so then they yeah. kiss and, the bride. And then, and then at the it. end, I can, no, that's my favorite part. You say it before. I now, you say by the power vested in me. No, 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 but like the and then last they kiss, part. And the last say, part, you say, it is my great pleasure. Yeah. You have to say it with excitement. I know. Yeah. It's my great pleasure to announce to you for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. So Brad Schlater. That's who I have to say, Schlater. Schlater. I'm wow. nervous about that last name. It that couldn't is... be Smith or Reed or Wood. It has to be Schlater. Schlater. That <laughs> so That's nervous. I've been thinking That's about it like right I have. I have everything typed up, but I'm actually going to cheat and put it inside my Bible. I would. So I can just hold it and read it. Not read it, but, you know, have it there. You don't want to mess that up. But I like, would cheat. I'm nervous about it. I wouldn't call it cheating. Helping the first yourself. wedding I did, no one was there. It was just like four people in Double Springs' auditorium. Yeah. That was it. So this one's like a large wedding. So, but one thing I am nervous about, and this is where I will stop talking, it's outside. Sweaty, it's July, sweaty, and I'm gonna be wearing a long sleeve button-up shirt. Sweaty Schlater with ew, ew, with a jacket over it, and I'm hoping that it doesn't show how sweaty I'm gonna be. Yeah. So, but other than then that, you don't put on the jacket till you like get right there. I might do it, but I won't be at church Sunday night because I'll be there because it's at four. But, right. but you know, literally everything is going really well right now. Honestly, just very busy, but good. Same with me. It's a good thing. Work's busy, but it's a good busy. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of duck work, a lot of just messing things. Yeah. Just messing with things, really. Yeah. Just, just beat metal all day. It's fun, though. Dirty fun. But, uh, and then, nothing really else, to be honest. Just like, my birthday's coming up, so, you know, just next time you hear from me, I'll be 19. 19 is the most. Unimpressive. I know. Like, there's for nothing real. good there's that happens. Literally nothing. And it's happens. a weird age to be. Yeah. Like, you're nine is a weird number. Like you're 19. Like you're so close to your 20s, but mm. like so like 18, you're like an adult, but then 20s you get out of the teens. So you're just at 19. You're like, Bleh. yeah. It's kind so, of strange. It's I, a strange feeling to be. 19. Honestly, it doesn't. I don't. You know how they're always like, do you feel older? No, I don't. I I feel the exact same. Yeah. As 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 I did a year ago. So. But it's okay. It's okay. Another year. Yeah. So excited about that. But what are you doing for your birthday? Anything? Mimi and Papa are coming down Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have a lunch, and then Sunday we're just having like the family thing that we usually do. Yeah. But nothing like no trips or anything like that. Just like I said, it's nineteen. Dull. Ugh. It is kind of just. Yeah. But it's okay though. It's okay though. It'll be great. Nineteen was a good year for me. Yeah. I dropped out of college three times when I was 19. Three separate times. Nice. Well, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I dropped out of tech, then I went to Bible college, left Bible college, went back to tech, and then dropped out again. Wow. One year. That, 19 so wasn't. That doesn't happen for you. True. True. <laughs> but. You never know. That's true. That wasn't. You didn't hear that, Mom and Dad. You didn't. I'm not endorsing this, so just so you know. But Matthew chapter Matt, let's 13. Let's get Matthew, to Matthew chapter 13. Chapter 13. My hands are sweaty. <laughs> you could hear that perfectly. With my hand on the Bible. That's the page. That went pretty And far. it's cold in here. My hands in my hand. It's cold. Yeah. But it's, it's warming up it's by this cold, fire that we have. But I want it to be sweaty, though. Just warm it. Warm the back end of it. 
Anywho, Matthew chapter 13. This is where Jesus is beginning with teaching Jesus. in parables. Ooh. Ooh, parables. Parables are awesome. Yes, and, and, and parables is just a Jesus teaching in a message that conceals the real truth. So, um, would you like to start reading? I would love to. You know what? Get over your tongue tiedness. Please pardon this my disability, you. everyone. Okay. Everyone, chapter just 13, bear with me. Verse 1. This is a big deal for me. Um, starting in verse 1, mm-hmm. um, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying... A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them, and other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear." So, the parable is, so in Matthew, actually, it doesn't start with the parable of the prodigal son, which all the other accounts in the gospel do, but this one starts with the parable of the sower, and that's because these, all these parables in Matthew chapter 13 all have a connection to being a Christian, having a Christian program where you're being brought up in the church and what you're going to be facing now kind of deal, or along those lines and so first off you kind of have to think how do parables work they use ordinary circumstances from an everyday life mainly not now (laughs) we don't usually have situations like this but for this it was very common and then so we kind of look at this in four different conditions as you can see and we kind of see what are the same things in all of them so there's one farmer it's all and and he's planting all the same seed the farmer does not work to ensure that the success of his planting, he doesn't till the ground or anything like that. He just throws them alongside. So it's almost like it's chance for him. He's not very constructed of, of anything like that. But the seed is the same, and it all has the same potential that way as well. But then you look at what's kind of different. And so what I see first is the type of soil and the outcome of what happens when it's just thrown along the side. We can see in the first soil that it had no chance of surviving. The birds devoured it. And then in the second soil, it had growth, but they were not grounded, so they just died out very quickly. And then the third soil, which is most common, and we'll get to that here in a second when Jesus explains this parable, that this soil had a chance. It already, but at the same time, it already had accommodated with weeds. But, and so the soil itself was capable of sustaining this life but was choked out along the way by weeds and other things and wasn't be able to. And choking out in plant terms just means not be able to produce fruit. And so, and then the fourth soil, which is the most ideal uh, outcome, had adequate and had a lot of reproduction. And so you can see how simple the story is at the face value, but has a deeper meaning. And then... You know, and of course, you look at historical things and reasoning... And I look at life application. Mm-hmm. So let's go through each one of these um, four principles. But it says, I'll start verse 3 again. And he told them many things in parables, teaching them a lesson. 
And the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Mm-hmm. So what does the seed represent here? Us. The gospel. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. the, What's in our hearts. Right. And so if we aren't allowing room for Christ, then you shouldn't even be doing it. If, if you know that, you know, if you're thinking about becoming a Christian or whatever, and you're you can't find time for Christ, then why do it? Right. Because you're looking at it at a really wrong. Mm-hmm. Because if you have so many things that are going to come in and take up that time and we'll just say devour the time that you had for Christ, then unfortunately you're not going to be a successful Christian. You know, Christianity is not something that that you can basically say, well, if I have time then I'm going to do this. Because let's just face it, if you look at it that way, you're never going to have time to do it. Mm. You know, and that's what, you know, we fall into that trap, our generation, you know, you're 18, almost 19, and I'm 22. You know, we fall into that trap a lot. Young people do. Because as they get into college and they get into other things, they're like, well, I've got so much other stuff that I've got going on. And they don't, they don't realize how important it is to prioritize Christ. And but it's not just us. It's not just our generation. It's not just young people. Anybody who doesn't make adequate room for Christ in their life, it's not going to work out. And they get upset and they wonder why. You know, the farmer in this situation was like, "Why did that why did that not work?" Yeah. Well, you didn't you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You let you know, strode the seed on the path and the birds ate it and there was not there's no chance of survival. And unfortunately, none of us are getting out of this world alive. Let's mm. just say that. And if we don't prioritize, my disability is showing, but if we don't prioritize Christ, then we're not going to have a good outcome in eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Because in our lives, as you know this, you know you have to be willing to make your schedule around Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, well, I'm going to do this if I have time. You know, Jesus is not, you know, Christianity is not sitting in the pew. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get you to heaven, unfortunately. You know, yeah, we're commanded to go to worship. We are. And if you say, well, if, if I get home in time tonight and get enough sleep, hopefully I'll get up and go to church. Or if I, you know, if I don't have a trip this weekend or I don't have, and I guess I'm not saying that you can't plan things in your life, but that should be a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, you should, hey, I'm going to go home early tonight because um, it's Saturday night and I have to be at church in the morning. Or, hey, Wednesday Bible study, I've, I've got to be there, right. you know. And we should want that. Mm-hmm. But if we don't allow room for God, because it's every day, it's not just Sundays, it's not just Wednesdays, that's not going to get you to heaven. Yeah. Every day you have to put the work in every day you have to to labor for Christ in order to be a true New Testament Christian outside of the church building. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I see from from principle number 1. The this quote unquote the ground there was no chance of survival because there was too many things too many factors I guess in the situation to where the seed had no chance. Yeah. And that's true in our lives. We have too many factors in our lives that don't allow Christ to flourish. 
And then we get mad at Christ when it doesn't work out. Yeah. But it's our fault, you know? Do you have anything to add to that? So principle two, um, let's see. Starting in verse four, and he's, as he said, no, verse five, sorry. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of the soil. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a really big one. Because, as with anything, when it first starts, obviously you're going to make time for it. But as time goes on, you may not. And so that's kind of what's happened here is, and we'll talk about the depth a little bit in a minute, but I see so many new Christians that are gung-ho and they're on fire for Christ, and then it dies out. You know, and I'm sure you've seen that too. Because it's not, they think everything is just going to be easy street, and all these things, but Richard talked about this Sunday night. Uh, this was a really good lesson, but he talked about as Christians, maybe a little bit of that's our fault because we're so we're so we prioritize the baptism, right? Mm-hmm. And that obviously baptism is essential to salvation. You can't you can't go to heaven unless you're baptized. But we push and we push and we push to get somebody baptized and then after they're Christians we stop right. yeah. I'm guilty of that and he, and his main point of the lesson was let's not focus on the water let's focus on Jesus and the water will come you know so we I think as Christians we can set people up for failure too because we push baptism and then when they're baptized we go well okay they're Christians now they're on their own and he used the illustration of, you know, whenever you have a baby, whenever the baby's born, you just set them on the mom's chest and say, all right, guys, thanks, and yeah. walk out. Like, no, you have, they have a lot of stuff that they do while they're there to the baby. Mm-hmm. And then for, you know, one month, two months, three, you have checkups and checkups and checkups on this baby. Because if you just watch the baby be born and then say, all right, guys, thanks, the baby has no chance. Yeah. And so that's the same way as Christians that whether we lead them to baptism or not, there are so many Christians that they're, they're on fire and then they just slowly and slowly lose it. And what's the answer to keep the fire? What do you think is the answer to keep your fire as a Christian? I like to think of you have to get invested in some way. Find something that really interests you in the Bible. Like for me, like we've talked a whole lot of time, it's kind of like the history and how it's all connected. That keeps me invested in the Bible because I'm like, oh, there's something else that I constantly discover. And when I find people who aren't, maybe not us, I'm not going to like talk myself up, but maybe who's somebody who's maybe my age but doesn't seem to be into it as I am. Or because, but I don't know. You know what they all do. Mm-hmm. I just think maybe sometimes they don't have a, don't have that niche. Right. You know, they don't have that thing that really like. Oh, I wonder what else there is, kind of deal. And you're exactly right. I mean, you have to have, you. I mean, obviously we're Christians because we want to get to heaven, mm-hmm. but that's hard for us every day because we don't know when that day is going to come. It could come tomorrow. It could be two thousand years from now. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, it's so hard for us to visualize that as, as human beings because it's we don't see it. And I think people, they, unfortunately, the only reason they get baptized is because they want to go to heaven. Right. And that's not, unfortunately, that's not how it works. You know, there's, when you become a Christian, you know, you're a babe in Christ. That's when you start, 
And then there's so many things that need to come after that in order to get you to heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been a Christian for a long time. And there are days that I'm like, whew, I'm tired. But you can't stop. Yeah. Because it's every single day. And that's, that's what's happening here is the seed fell on rocky ground. And so it did spring up. But then nothing was produced from it because it died away. Because there was nothing holding it in the ground in order to allow it to to produce. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we've got to have something that, that holds us there every single day. You know, I think about, I read this uh, either yesterday or the day before, and, and again, the history keeps Jackson involved. I'm a minister. I try to make make it real because I've taught classes for years and years and years, and you have to make it real, especially to the audience that I'm yeah. teaching to. But I was thinking about the trees in my front yard. If you've never been to my house, I have some of, and I will brag on my trees. That's the most old man thing to say. I agree. They're magnificent. I have some of the most beautiful trees. They are treehouse trees. Like, that's a reason. That's one reason that like drew me to this this house. Yeah. Because of the trees, but and those, I don't, there's no telling how old they are. I mean, at least fifty years old. Oh yeah, at def- least definitely. My house is old, <laughs> but I mean, think about. If they had no root system, I'm talking about these trees. Like, there's parts of my driveway that are starting to come up because the roots are breaking through the asphalt. Like, that's a, that's a big tree. It's definitely under your house too. But oh yeah, probably. But I mean, if they didn't have those roots there, and wind came, they they gone. Right. They're 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 out of there. And I was yeah. thinking about that last night or whenever I read this, was we as Christians have to have something rooted, something invested in our Christian life because when one thing goes wrong or we have wind in our life or something tries to blow us off course if we're not grounded it's going to fall and the same thing in this situation if you aren't grounded as a Christian or if you're not a seed itself is not grounded yeah have a root have a root system it's it's not going to not going to work so um in the third starting in um, da, 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 da. Verse 7, it says, Other seeds fell amongst thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. This kind of plays along with the first one, but more of, more, more really, more real in, a, in our sense. Because think about if we become a Christian or we're trying to be a good Christian, but we're trying to ride the fence of Christianity or the world. Unfortunately, most of the time, the world chokes it out. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons as to why. You know, if you're a Christian and you're trying to figure out why things in your Christian life aren't going right, well, go back to your priorities. You know, are you prioritizing Christ or are you prioritizing the world? Because you can't do both. There's yeah. no way. You either, either pick a life of Christianity or you don't. And so, but for a new Christian, you know, if you, you know, become a Christian and you're baptized, but essentially you're not sold yet, the thorns are going to grow up the world and they're going to choke it out, you know, because you can't sit there and just think, well, you know, I'm going to be, I'm a good person. I'm going to be a Christian every now and then, but essentially I'm more married to this lifestyle of 
the world. Mm-hmm. And when I say the world, I mean worldly choices. We, we've gone into this before. But unless you're grounded as a Christian, and unless you're willing to get rid of those things in your life that you don't need, then it's not going to work. And again, I, I feel like we're kind of talking to a younger audience today. Maybe we are, but that that becomes really real. Principle three becomes real in our life mm-hmm. because there there are so many opportunities for the world to grab us and pull us out because of the things that are going on, because college is going on, because you're studying to you know get your degree and then you're trying to find a job and and those are all good things. Just a lot's happening right now. Yeah, but those are all great things. Mm-hmm. But the greater thing is Christ. Mm-hmm. And so you should be leaning on Christ in order to make sure that these things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, I thought I silenced that. I just took a screenshot. <laughs> My mistake. Um, so that's a big one. And it, again, it goes along with principle one, but... You have to be willing to be all in for Christ or not at all. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing else in our life that we can relate that to. Nothing. You know, I can say, you know, if you're dedicated to the gym, well, I'm all in for this lifestyle of being healthy. Realistically, if you miss a few days, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, if you let it, it's not going to derail you, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, your job. If you call in sick one day, it's okay. Like, the place is going to be fine, yeah. hopefully, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the only thing in our life that requires 100% dedication is your life as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Now, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here as in the fact of, yes, though you are 100% invested, you are going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean that you're not invested. But you have to be willing to say, well, I'm all in, but when I do mess up, you take it back to God and say, unfortunately, I messed up this time. But that doesn't mean that you're all out. You know, it means that, hey, I'm bringing this problem back to you and saying, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Help me be stronger next time. Mm -hmm. That means you're 100% dedicated. But nothing else in our life requires that but Christ. And I think that's why it's so hard for people to understand. Yeah. Because they don't have to... Honestly, you're not 100% dedicated to anything. Yeah. I mean, you can say that you are, and you can be dedicated to a lot of things, but you're not 100%. That's a lot. You, yeah. you have to be, as a Christian, you have to be dedicated to God. Mm-hmm. If you're not, the thorns are going to come in and they're going to choke it out. And then, obviously, the best one would be principle four. Um Verse 7, other seeds, verse 8, excuse me, other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Obviously, we don't have to explain a whole lot what's happened here. But that's what the ideal Christian life is. They fell on good soil. They fell on things that that encouraged the growth. Mm Mm-hmm. And the factors in the soil and the temperatures and all these things encouraged the growth. Now, when I say good soil, you know, don't think that if you are, you think you are quote unquote a bad person, does not mean that you don't have good soil. Right. It means that you need to push some things out that are there, maybe till the ground a little bit if you ever done a garden. Yeah. And you can make it to where 
you're going to produce things as a Christian. Nobody, nobody is too far gone for God. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody. I don't care what anybody's told you in the past. Nobody is too far gone for Christ. Nobody. I don't care what you've done. I don't. I don't care. Nobody is is too far gone. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna. I'll read now. I'll take over the reins. Picking up in verse 10, Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, them being those who are uncommitted to Jesus, um, it has not been given. For to the one who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For the person's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn I would heal them. And so this prophecy that Isaiah is saying here is actually a lot bigger than just face value. I was studying, I I kind of figured that one out. But see, Isaiah here kind of, he predicted that the nation of Israel, God's chosen nation, would reject Jesus. And they had all gone to a point, they did this because they were not looking for what God was offering to them. Their hearts, it says right there at the beginning of 15, that their hearts were dull, they weren't hearing, they weren't listening, they weren't doing anything to what God was telling them to do. But the last part of it says, if they had done that, though, he would have healed them. And so it kind of sounds harsh that God's withholding mercy, but at the same time, it's right there and they rejected him. And then you ask the question, why? Why does he hold that? Why does he knows this would save them? But the answer is you and me. The answer is the last 2,000 years of Gentiles that have grown up because of this. And you can find more about this in Romans 11 and uh, starting in verse 25. But that's the whole reason why. God set forth this plan for you and me and every other Gentile that we would receive Jesus along with the nation Israel and the Jews. But if they would have received Jesus and the Pharisees were not menaces and you know they were accepted Jesus and not were didn't push him away and looked for a Messiah that fit their own standards. As soon as Jesus died, he would have been he would have raised from the dead and he would have taken Israel and he would have made them the kingdom. The, they it would have happened. Everything would have happened according to what it was supposed to. But then they rejected it. And how would it have been different if all of this happened? But it didn't. Because Jesus had this amazing plan from start to beginning that included you and me. And so he let his people reject him and he let them have that decision. And we serve a very just God with his people rejecting him. He affirms this and removes that type of mercy that's now restored. And then Paul kind of ends this whole thing because he he says this a lot how I'm saying it just in more constructed manner. But he ends it with... In Romans 11, verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of the God who made this plan. And that's kind of crazy, too. Because 
you think, oh, well, this is kind of messed up that God took this mercy and all this away from them. But then you think, well, you name a better plan. And there is no better plan. And if you read that at face value, you kind of don't get any of that. If that's why I'm a history person. That's why, because I found that out and I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And then I, it took me to Romans chapter 11. I was like, wow, even more. But then, and then I'll finish up that little section. But blessed are your are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and do not see it, and hear what you hear, and do not hear it. You know what I think? What I find amazing about that is people are so quick to to say that we don't serve a merciful God. You know, and unfortunately. I don't want this to like sound rude but unfortunately you see the mercies of God when you study like this mm-hmm. you know because if you if you read that at face value you're going to be like oh my what what yeah but you think about and and obviously here in like the past year like I've really I've attempted to make the crucifixion personal and you can see it here because when somebody's rejected now, then you just stop. Like, you just give up. You know, if a certain job doesn't want you, well, then you'll never, ever even breathe their name again. Or if right. somebody doesn't like you, and, and we're all guilty of that. Me and you are guilty of that. Yeah. But Jesus is saying, you know, it's okay that I was rejected. Mm-hmm. It's okay because I have plans for people way far ahead that what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That should make the crucifixion personal for you. Because he put these plans in place, our merciful God, he's just, but he's also merciful, like you just said. But he put all these plans in place to say, it's not just for the people that are right here rejecting me. Mm-hmm. It's for Dylan, it's for Jackson, it's for for everybody later on. And that should make it personal for you. That should make you want to study about it. Right. Because if you read it just like that, you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. that's not how it works. God's plan is far greater than what even I understand, even what Jackson understands. And, and for somebody who, you know, and we obviously, I do study more than what just Matthew right now. But I'm, I'm trying to study some more of the Old Testament because I feel like I neglect that a little bit. Um, but even for me, who attempts to read his Bible every day, and somebody like you who attempts to read their Bible frequently every day, whatever. But... Even for me, finding that out, you're just like, wow. Yeah. But if you don't take the time to study it, you're not going to understand that. Mm-hmm. And it goes along with the seeds that were strewn and not rooted. Mm-hmm. They sprang up and then they were gone. Mm-hmm. So it takes reading that to be like, oh my, oh my goodness, the plan that God has is for me. Mm-hmm. It's personally. Like, he wants me to be saved. And you're like, what? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? The God that stripped the mercy away from ever- for me? And that's that should make you want to study even more. That should make you want to be in God's presence. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say that, that wouldn't make you want to be there. Mm-hmm. Because he's teaching in parables, but we read that at face value, and you're like, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Well, figure out why he's talking like that. But then... It can take you deeper and deeper, and you can say, wow, 
God's plan really is the most divine plan that there has ever been. Mm-hmm. So, I don't really know how to end this episode besides the fact that take the time and be willing to be rooted in something and find out what God's divine plan is for yourself. Don't don't just listen to it on a podcast. I encourage you to listen to the podcast. Yes. But, but understand what it is. Take the time to study it. And if you don't know where to start, ask somebody. Yeah. When I study, I think of uh, when I'm reading something, what did it mean to them and what does it mean to me today? Sometimes it's Sometimes it's the same if it's dealing with history, but sometimes there's a lot more into it. Right. So think about that the rest of this week. Think about how amazing the plan of mercy is and the plan of God's mercy for you. You know, Christianity can get a bad rap sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the reason why, and I believe this, this is my opinion, but I believe it. The reason why Christianity gets a bad rap is because the person that's doing it isn't studying, isn't totally understanding, oh my goodness, God is merciful. God does have this planned for me. Mm -hmm. We don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. We don't deserve somebody who's that invested in us. And I I want you to view Christianity that way this week too because I think... We don't view God the way that we should sometimes. We view God as our father who's, you know, just crouching and waiting for us to make a mistake. No, he is He is more invested in you than anybody in this entire world. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got some great friends and I have great family who are invested in me. Nobody is invested in me the way God is invested in me. Right. And it's the same way for you. I don't care how close you are with your friends. I don't care how close you are with your significant other. I don't care how close you are with your parents. Nobody is invested in you the way God is invested in you because he wants you to succeed. He wants you to land on good soil and produce fruit. That's his plan. We just have to be willing to study about the plan, learn about the plan, and then watch it unfold in our lives because trust me, it will. The plan will unfold, and you may not realize it when it's unfolding, but you'll look back and go, ah, now I get it. Right. So think about those thoughts this week, and we will continue Matthew, Matthew chapter 13 next week. See you later.